Desk of Lady Ada. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Desk of Lady Ada. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, last week, we had a long weekend, so uh, we took a little break. We just did uh, the great search later, but we're back at our desk, and we're doing electronics, and uh, I still have a little bit of allergies, so if I, if I sniffle, then I, uh, I apologize ahead of time. Um, okay, so let's see what's going on my desk. Well, I thought we would, first off, uh, we, we have a bunch of samples. It's Sample Sunday. So I thought we could, um, well, first off, we went, uh, we did do yeah, some fun stuff. Yeah, on Saturday morning, um, we uh, went to the, this event by the New York Transit Museum. They run a 100-plus-old train around a loop in Manhattan. So we went on that. We're going to post some photos pretty soon. These are the vo low-voltage cars. Low-voltage, so 32 volts, which is it's just quite low compared to what it used to be, 600 volts. Could you imagine? The, the entire control inside the car is running at 600 volts. So if one wire comes loose, well, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Get in the conductor. So these were running between 1917 and 1964, and uh, there was old advertisements inside there. Uh, during you know post uh, pandemic for part of it prohibition other parts so uh, definitely really neat if you like trains and transportation tech from back in the day and they ran the thing fast it went faster yeah, than like fast. a regular it was fast yeah they went we went on the express um, track and we went all the way up to uh, the Bronx I think we went up to 210th Street yeah. or so and then uh, the train uh, turned around back and came back. It was very relaxing. It was so calming. It sounded like I liked the sound of the train. He said that the train itself was very. It wasn't as squeaky. It was kind of like this low. Well, it's rumbling. a different sound. Like if you if you take the you know we're New Yorkers who are on the subway, and it has a a different sound than like kind of like hollow aluminum. It's more like. Well, it's solid steel. Solid steel, yeah. The whole a, thing it's is... Different, it's a different scream. Heavy as hell, made by the Pullman Company. Yeah. Um, it is definitely like everything is steel, right? There's no plastic, obviously. It's 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 steel, and the seats are uh, woven. Um, maybe the seats were plastic, but, um, but, you know, they're woven plastic, but everything else was... was um, Bakelite. Bakelite yeah. and steel. Okay, so okay. Uh, let's do some samples and some uh, okay. research. All right, so... Uh, maybe people can help me decide if this stuff is cool. No, I mean, it's, it's all cool. Um, this is from Alki. Um, they make a really, really beautiful uh, cat lamp. Um, so they have, a, they have great silkscreen design. Uh, so here's, I think, uh, the two people who, who run it. Um, and um, we, we recently we booked an order for their cat lamps, and they're like, oh, can we send you some samples? Um, so I thought that these were really cool. I mean, this this silkscreen work, the PCB work, is beautiful. Um, I always I always love to see people, you know, make kits that are just you know there's something you want to keep after you make it. You want to show it off. Um, so this one, just look at that beautiful coloring, the blue and the purple and the gold. This is a DIY solder kit. Um, so on the back. It's got a battery holder, switch, and uh, looks like probably an RGB LED uh, for this uh, space person soldering kit. Uh, and it comes with the battery, the switch, the battery holder, and um, the LED. Space Girl. Sorry, this is this is Space Girl. What do you think? What do the people think? you think this is something we should stock? Well, of course. Yes! Space Girl passes! No, I'm just kidding. I mean, this is very cool. Um, okay, next up is Biology Girl. Uh, 
and this one has more green and blue. I really love the green and blue. It's cool that they figured out um, how to get uh, multiple colors of solder mask on there. It's not easy. Uh, looks like they have a good friend in their um, manufacturing house. You can see like the leaves of this plant are green, but the background of the sky with the stars is blue. So this is Biology Girl also. Uh, got the same schematic, two LEDs, um, battery. Looks like the, the LEDs are for the stars. Uh, battery and switch and a badge pin. So what do you think? Do we want to stock biology? Yes, again. Girl, yes! Cool. All right, that's how we do it here. We don't have uh, a legal or marketing department. It's we, just us. Yes. <laughs> so we get to decide. The is our... Team of influencers, hit like, subscribe, smash okay. that button. All right, so hopefully people yeah, uh, like these kits, and now you know we're going to stock these. So we're going to contact uh, LK to or Elkai to yes. get these in the store. I'm going to put these back. I have to be a little careful because we want to photograph these. One of the things that we we really like doing is we photograph um, the products and kits, and then oftentimes the maker. Uh, gets to use those photos and, and uh, images yeah. and animations. That's our policy. Yep. We love doing that. So they also sent us some cool stickers. Uh, looks like they've got um, an Etsy shop. So uh, don't wait. If you want to carry this stuff, or sorry, if you want to order this stuff, um, you can uh, you can book it there. Don't know if I would carry the sticker sheets. Um, the sticker sheets are really cool. I think I'm going to stick to the soldering stuff for now. So that's, that's some... And then, and then here's the real secret of how I run my life. When, they, um, when I approve uh, samples, they go on the floor next to my desk. That's right. <clears throat> the floor of uh, Lady Ada. The floor of Lady Ada. a new uh, show that we're going to be doing soon. Okay. Um, next up, you wanted us to get some samples of these cool... Uh, I mean, it wasn't for Pride Month, but heck, it's Pride Month. Why not get rainbowy? Um, these really cool... Um, hex wrench kits that have rainbow colors. So um, this one's a little bit more expensive and nicer, but it's also heavier. And it has the ball ends and it's chromed. This one is more compact. You know, they're both pretty nice. Um, you know, they're both metric, which which is pretty standard. You're gonna get your metric. Maybe I can get imperial later. Um, I don't know. Which one did you say you liked the most? Do you like the silver one a little bit more? Yep. Yeah, okay, all right. So this one wins. Um, you know, we don't sell a ton of tools, but we did like this, uh, the cool look of this this rainbow kit. So um, what's neat is the rejected sample, this one I'll just use here at my desk, literally, uh, for when, you know, I have to take apart stuff. Um, it's always good to have a, an extra kit or I'll bring it to the office and folks um, in facilities can use it. So that's another sample. Look at us. Let me do the samples. Okay. Um, next up, uh, you also requested this. You sent me a link to something similar. Um, this is a, a kit that is like an adapter pack, but it's like all of the adapters. Every adapter. So every adapter, and they adapt from... Uh, the standard 5.5-slash-2.1-millimeter. Uh, and the reason this is uh, useful is that we got those samples of the USB-C PD cables that can generate, like, 20 volts, 12 volts, whatever. 
Um, so it'd be handy to have like all the different adapters that could go with it as well. So this is, you know, a couple bucks, but it's got all the weird ones. Like, you know, this is like the Dell laptop, whatever. So what's interesting is that with a really good USB PD power supply, um, which I think we should also stock, you know, now that they, that we can probably get one that's USB-C, you know, you have a USB-C plug and you can plug in, um, you know, any, any cable to it can generate up to 20 volts, 3 amps, and then um, you can have it uh, charge your laptop, especially if you can't get old laptop adapters anymore. Like I know that, I'm sure there's a market for them, but um, why not just upgrade to USB-C? So you have the USB-C PD cable that goes to 2.5 millimeter, and then you you know plug in this weird ass thing, and then like your old ThinkPad or whatever. Or you know you have like these also like these teeny adapters and this is of course uh terrifying you should i don't i don't really believe that I'm, I'm a strong believer in like if you have a connector that connector should indicate the use case of the connector so like this means audio this does not mean a microphone does not mean power but i know that there are some products that have used um 2.5 millimeter 3.5 millimeter uh, mono audio jacks as power anyways total nightmare i don't think it's a good idea, but I understand that we live in a world where that's happened. So, uh, what do people think? You think this is this is something yep. we should stock? Okay, so there you go. All right, cool. This also got this weird ass. God, look at this like nightmare. It's like rectangular, but there's a pin in the middle. That's gonna just break right off. All right, so this is also approved. That can be handy. It's like you have to repair something, and you can you can USB Cify it, or you can use it with you know one of our. We also have those adjustable uh, DC here okay uh, and then last but not least um god I've been, I've been trying to get these samples for like literally two years and um the sales rep at, at top up uh this is the company that makes these parts uh finally got back to us so this is neat this is a uh translucent rotary encoder so you can actually see um the the knob itself is translucent but it's got a D-shaft, got your standard D-shaft, and it's got in you know the detents. So it's got 24 detents, and what I wanted was um, the ones you can you can get ones that have the RGB LED built in, but I actually don't like that. I prefer this because then we can use our um, reverse mount NeoPixel underneath, and you can use that to light it up because it's going to be a lot brighter than the built-in LED. I've noticed. A lot of people say like, oh, you know, the world ring coders that have the built-in RGB LED. First off, there's a shit ton of pins. And second, um, you know, now you have to PWM it when you could just use a NeoPixel, which, you know, almost everything supports these days. Anyways, um, if, you have, if you have PWM pre-channel support, you probably have NeoPixel support. And third, NeoPixels are bright as heck. Like, you're going to get much better color, in my opinion, than the built-in, especially if you're running off of 3.3 uh, volts. So... So these are, finally, I got these samples, but they seem good. Um, I like that they have the detents, and I like that they use a D-shaft. And then um, I got a matching sample of knobs, and they said, oh, you know, we don't have the translucent knobs. So these knobs are black, so you're probably like, this doesn't make a lot of sense, and it doesn't, but it's only for fit. Um, but yeah, nice fit, nice feel. Here, why don't you, why don't you twist? What do you think? That's nice. That's nice, right? That's nice. That's nice. It fits. It you know the knob fits on, solidly, doesn't interfere. 
Uh, and uh, a nice twist. I, I like the detent feel. I'm very picky about my rotary encoder detent feel. Note that it doesn't have a switch. That's the one thing. If, the, if you get the translucent uh, type, it doesn't have a switch. But still, I think worth it, you know, put this on a Stemma board and then you've got your RGB um, rotary encoder. So I think these are also a go. And I'll get these with the translucent plastic. Um, there is a silicon shortage, but you know, you can still get rotary encoders. So that's, that's my sample set so far. That's all my samples. Hopefully people like that. Um, okay. Let's so, uh, hop off to the great search. Oh, let's do some questions real quick. Yeah, and they can also intro we'll the... Yeah, so here is, uh, are we going to carry clear knobs too? Yes, the sample is just not clear because they're like, this is the sample we have. Okay. Um, if only parts are available for popular boards ended up being BGA, would you figure out how to re-spin boards to use them? Yeah, we actually do use a couple parts that are, are BGA now. Um, the LC709. Um, which we originally liked in a very fun DFN format, only available in BJ or CSP, and we use it. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of BGA because it's harder to rework, obviously, but, you know, our picking place can absolutely do it. Obviously, I can, I, it's, it's not that hard to design with BGA, and there's especially ones that are um, wide, you know, pin pitch, um, 0 0.6, 0 0.8 millimeter BGA. It's actually, in some cases, a little easier to design for, than uh, some really tight QFNs. I mean, we've got plenty of 0.4 millimeter QFNs and those are a little irritating. Um, so, you know, yeah, but and you can't get those in chips in BGA either, so okay. it doesn't matter. Is there a CircuitPython plan for the new Feather ESP32 S3 board? We do have CircuitPython for it. Yeah, um, I think we just beta. merged. Beta. Um, I mean, you have to get the absolute latest, but we yeah. have a build for it. Um, S3 support, I'll say, is a little bit early. There's a couple bugs. I squared C is a little bit flaky, um, but I just tested the Feather, four megabytes flash, two megabyte PS RAM, and I did a Wi-Fi test and, and connected to Adafruit IO and sen sensor data, and it worked fine. So okay, it definitely works. Back to the uh, uh, knobs there. Can you change the polarity, and um, do they have a switched version? There's no switched version. Okay, let's do the uh, great search. Ready? Let's do it. The Great Search brought to you by DigiKey. Thanks, DigiKey. And Adafruit, every single week, Lady Ada uses her powers of engineering to find the things that you need. That's right, you. On DigiKey.com, Lady Ada, what is the Great Search this week? Okay, so this week, um, I'm experimenting with ultrasonic sensors. Um, I wanted to make a Stemma board with a single ultrasonic transceiver on it that can be used for distance sensing. And um, so let's go to uh, the computer, because I'll show you what people got and I'll show you what I want okay so um, a lot of times when people think about ultrasonic distance sensors they think of something like this um, it has a transmitter it has a receiver it sends you know uh, a pulse out and then it gets um, the bounce back ultrasonic signal on the other one so like usually this is you can see here this T and then this is R transmit receive and on the back, there's a little chip. In this case, it's the RCWL. It's an off-the-shelf, all-in-one chip, um, which is great, but there are some situations where you might want um, something slightly different. One, um, you know, you're kind of stuck with whatever transceivers they picked here, so maybe the range and the cone isn't uh, what exactly you want. Um, second, um, this 
Chip uses the you know pulse trigger technique, and um, that's all good and everything. But um, you know, if you want something like I squared C, uh, it's going to be you know tough to get out of this. There is an I squared C mode here, but it's not a great I squared C mode. Um, so it would be really cool if we could basically do the the ultrasonic transmit receive. Um, all on one microcontroller because there's no reason why like an everyday microcontroller uh, couldn't do that kind of sensing. And second, I do want to see if I can make it use a single transceiver. Um, it's a little bit more challenging because you have to kind of uh, flip around some pins, but you know, we, I've seen um, ultrasonic sensors that have only one transceiver like the Maxbotics and I know that they, they work quite well. Um, and we've stocked these for easily a decade. So, you know, I know it's possible. I know you don't need like the very latest technology. Like they may have an ASIC, um, I'll, I'm not sure, but you know, looking around, it seems like there is um, some code and examples as long as your trend, if, as long as your transmitter is okay for transceiving, um, you know, it can get out of transmit mode and start listening to signals on receive. You know, there's no real reason why you can't uh, do it with one. You know, the other, the, on the other hand, I know I have a backup, you know, if I really absolutely need to, um, I always have the, uh, this style as a backup. You know, this is like a very simple schematic on the back. You know, there's really, it's just sim like one SOIC chip. So, you know, tacking on a microcontroller to do I squared C or, um, you know, some of the conversion wouldn't be, wouldn't be too hard. You can have a little backpack that goes on this. Uh, no biggie, basically. So I always have a backup, but I thought it would be interesting to explore. Um, and, you know, I found, uh, you know, there's um, an app note here on using a PIC. Uh, in this case, uh, it does, you know, one receiver and one transmitter. But, um, again, I think that, you know, you can switch between the two uh, modes. Um, you know, here's from Kerry Wong. It says, 10 years ago, uh, an example of... Um, also using a uh, transmitter and receiver and doing it with a microcontroller, so not using a specialty chip. Uh, in this case, they just used an H-bridge so they could get like a differential, a strong differential signal. Um, and then they used a, um, uh, a dual op-amp uh, to do some bandpass filtering and then, uh, you know, some chunky magnification. Looks like two gain stages with uh, some filtration um, at the same time to read the signal in and um, turn it, you know, read it on an Arduino, and then they made their own um, uh, ultrasonic sensor. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, we got this working um, not too badly. And then uh, also, you know, I found uh, this cool teardown. Um, similar, there's, you know, a transmitter and then there's a receiver with a, a dual uh, gain amplifier with a little bit of filtering in it. And um, this one uses a single um, transceiver as well. So it, uh, it switches between um, transmit and receive mode. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this design isn't too impossible. Um, so what I need to find now is uh, go to DigiKey and find myself a transceiver, find myself this uh, 40 kilohertz ultrasonic transmitter slash receiver element. Um, that then I can purchase and uh, experiment with. And I know that I can, you know, get a good quality, reliable transceiver from DigiKey um, to verify my designs. Like if, if I buy something 
on eBay, it's like, who knows what, you know, you buy components, it's like, they say it's a transceiver, but it's not. They just took a transmitter and then like just scratched off the T or something. I don't do that. I want to get something that's like the real deal. So um, let's go to DigiKey. And um, I'm going to look for ultrasonic. And then I'll look for the, I don't know if it's, it's not actually called a transceiver necessarily. Um, so notice that there's a couple, if you search for ultrasonic, you can of course just get the sensors themselves. So this is like, you know, they're ready to go um, sensors. And you can see here, here's another example. This is a single um, ultrasonic you know, one trans transceiver, transmit and receive in one. I like the look of these. They're, like, they're kind of small. I feel like you can fit them in more places. Um, but there's a lot of examples of, you know, you can see here there's some um, two elements. Uh, this is short range. So maybe, you know, if you want, because there's this echo effect that occurs, uh, having two elements might be better for, for short range sensing. Um, but, uh, yeah. Could be, could be good. All right, so we got that. Um, but we don't want the full proximity sensor. What we want is uh, the raw module itself. Like the, you know, I don't want the board. I want, like, the, the this thing, the, the actual, like, black spherical component. Your tubular component. Okay, so here... Um, I got, when I got here, it's actually kind of mixed. You know, there's a bunch of ready-to-go ultrasonic sensors and um, individual elements as well. So that's something, you know, that got a little bit mixed up. So what I did here, because, you know, you can, you know, there's this parallax sensor. No, this was made in 2010. These are, they've been making, parallax, parallax has been making ultrasonic sensors for a while. But what I want is like this. So what I ended up doing, this is unusual, but I actually filtered by manufacturer. So like I took out like Adafruit, me, because I know that we don't sell that module. And I took out Parallax because it's like they're selling the ping sensor. And I took out SparkFun and I took out Maxbotics because I, they're reselling the Maxbotics sensors. And when I did that, I actually got rid of like a lot of parts and I got to only like the individual components, which is what I want. Like I want, I want this stuff, the raw stuff. Um, so now that I've got that, now I can do my standard filtering. So I'm gonna look for active and for type, um, you know, I want transmitter and receiver. And I don't know what this dash is, so I'll just include it because no harm. And then, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of options. I mean, I think a lot of these are, like, DF Robot, these are modules as well. So I think I will, um, yeah, so there's, they have a bunch of, like, ultrasonic sensors. So what I'll do is I will likewise um, filter, filter out DF Robot. Okay, so now I've got 25. Okay, I actually have a shot now of being able to review these. Um, so there's not a ton, and like I, some of these are like on wires, and some of them are kind of chunky. So let's go by price. And I got a, some good options here. So it looks like there's some metal ones. All these are called transceiver, so that's really good. Um, and then I want about 40 kilohertz. And these are all about 40 kilohertz. So note that a lot of them, you know, they're rated for extremely high voltages. Like you're you know, you're expected to drive these at, 
easily 10, 20 volts. So oftentimes designs will have uh, doublers, um, like voltage doublers, like a max 232 to, to get the voltage much higher. Um, where you have a boost converter and then you use that to drive the transceiver. Um, but all these look good. And I think, you know, all of these ones up here looked pretty reasonable, the, um, the Kui ones. And um, I looked at the, I think the 18 and 15 is the diameter. So I looked at the data sheet and, you know, basically they tell you um, how far they can do ultrasonic sensing. So this says 15 meters. Um, so that's cool. And then let's look at this one. This was 18 meters. So it's, I think there's like a trade-off. It's like how sensitive versus um, the range and also how big it is. So this one I think is, oh, I see the 18 is the 18 meters. Okay, so 15 is 15 meters. So you're going to pay a little bit more for more range. But that said... Um, I kind of went with the one that they had the most stock of to start, just to get a couple samples of, um, because I felt like this was promising. And here's another thing. I'm actually kind of tempted to contact uh, CUI and just say, like, do you have an eval board or an eval schematic um, that I can borrow, take a look at? Because for that um, amplification filter section with the, the dual op amp, they might have something that they're like, hey, we've already tuned it for this transceiver and so we're going to know like how loud the signal is going to be or like sorry the voltage and then also um what like what resonance it's going to like being at so i'm gonna order some of these it's interesting these are kind of recent these were only made a few years ago or at least this data sheet was only made a few years ago in 2020 um but this looks like perfect otherwise it's like a, it's exactly what it should look like and it's designed to be a transmitter receiver and it, you know, runs at 40 kilohertz. Um, and it's designed for distant sensing up to 18 meters. So uh, check it out. I mean, I'm gonna see if I can get this thing working um, based on those online schematics and see if I can make it the cutest little transceiver in the world. All right, and that is the great search. Yay. Okay, so uh, last question, and then we're gonna bounce. You ready? Yeah. Uh, is there a way to display video on a Feather TFT using CircuitPython? You can't do video, but you can do animations, uh, which people do. They usually have sprites. Um, we also have a GIF player that we just did um, on the Feather RP2040 with an attached TFT display. So it's not a movie, it's an animated GIF, but like, it's still, you know, video-ish, yeah. and then I know that the ESP32-S3, somebody did a little demo of playing video, but the video had to be converted into a special format, um, and it was, like, very specific, you know, it was, like, very tuned, and, like, the SD card had to be set up just right, so yeah. um, it's not like you can play an MP4. For that, you really need to have a, a full Linux computer. Okay, and that is Desk of Lady Data. We'll see you all during the week. Thanks, everybody.